discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same, we are constant. God is constant, God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified in you. Choosing a life partner. How many of you have chosen a life partner already? How many of you have chosen a life partner already? Wow. How many of us are married? Here. Lift your hand. Amazing. It means that most of us are not married. You will marry in Jesus' name. You too, you will marry. Do you believe in such things? So the last time I started talking to you about choosing a life, a life partner, and I spoke about how that you can't choose a life partner as a Christian outside the house of God. What do you think? Are you born again? Ask me, are you born again? What did he say? Get a reply. If you are not born again, you can do whatever you want to do. But if you are born again, you can't choose outside of the kingdom of God. Okay? And that was what I spoke about a lot last week. Do you remember? Yes. You can't choose outside the kingdom of God. If you choose outside the kingdom of God, you will lose a lot. Okay? You will lose so much. And... uh, I mentioned, I don't know if you remember, who can tell me some of the things that I mentioned? I spoke about Esau, I spoke about how that your marriage to strange men or to a strange woman can take you outside of the kingdom of God. I spoke about Solomon, isn't it? Solomon had a very powerful revelation from the Lord. He was a very powerful pastor. Can you imagine? God showed himself to him and asked him, what do you want me to give to you, do for you? And Solomon said that I want you to give me wisdom to be able to Shepherd your flock. Ah, what a pastor. I mean, to be able to ask something like that. If God appears to you right now and tells you, what do you want me to do for you? You will say you want to be the richest man in the world. Or the richest woman in the world. Is it true? How many of you realize that you say something along those lines? Something that later on you realize that you've been foolish. I, I don't know if you. It's like those who say that, ah, why did Adam do this? Why did Adam partake of the, the, the tree? Why did he take... The apple. Why did he eat the apple? Brother, if it were you, eh, you'd have eaten the, the, the branches, the leaves. The, you would have bought the roots for Ebibidro. Uh, uh, <laughs> you would have eaten the, the soil around it even. You know, but Solomon chose very powerfully. And God said, because you have chosen, uh, you have asked, you didn't ask for the life of your enemies, you didn't like ask for riches and all of that. But you've asked for wisdom to shepherd my flock. I have given you everything. Then God made him the wisest man who will ever live. He said, nobody will be wiser than you. Nobody will have more money than you. God made him like, like that. When he woke up, he was wise. Some few days later, he was super, super rich. But before his life ended, he was completely outside the kingdom of God. Because in the middle somewhere, he started... Marrying strange women. First Kings chapter 11. 
Do you remember? First Kings 11 from verse 1. But King Solomon loved many strange women. Hey. Tell your neighbor, don't love strange women. The women in the house of God are good for you. Tell the closest lady by you, don't love strange men. Men in the house of God are good for you. Wow. He loved many strange men. Together with the daughter, daughter of Pharaoh, women of the Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Zidonians, and Hittites. Next verse. Of the nations concerning which the Lord said unto the children of Israel, You shall not go in unto them, neither shall they come in unto you. For surely they will turn away your heart after their God. Solomon clave unto these in love. He clave unto them in love. And he missed it. And he had 700 wives, princesses, and 300 concubines. And his wives turned away his heart. So this is why God does not want you to marry somebody who is not in the kingdom. Then even in the kingdom, he wants you to marry somebody who believes like you. Because the kingdom of God has many sides. The kingdom of God is like Israel. The, the, the nation called Israel had 12 tribes. The tribe of Levi was different from the tribe of Benjamin. And the tribe of Judah was different from the tribe of Dan. They were not the same. They had different spe specialities and all of that. For instance, uh, Saul belonged to the tribe of Benjamin. And the Benjamites were told, were trained in using slings. That was how, that was what they used in battle. They don't use swords, they use slings. And at the time when Goliath showed up, it was a sling that was going to kill Goliath. Huh? If you read the Bible, you will see that there, anyone who blasphemes against God must be stoned to death. If you blaspheme against God, you must be stoned. And Goliath was blaspheming against God. So when David heard it, he knew that Goliath needs to be stoned. That is why he took stones. And when David took the stone, he, he heard that Goliath had five, four other brothers, plus himself, making five. So he took five smooth stones, one for each giant. Wow. And he used a sling. David used a sling and had the result. Are you seeing it? Yeah. That was what Benjamin was supposed to do. That was what King Saul was supposed to do, but he, he wasn't into that. If you're a Levi, a Levi is a priest. A Levi is not a king. Have you seen it? In the same way, in the kingdom of God in which we are, there are various streams. There are those who believe in prophets alone. If they want to go somewhere, they need to see their prophets for a country. Do you know a country? How do you say a country in English? Dilation. It's what? Dilation, yeah. They need dilation to be able to move. So if they, every, everything. Shekwai Sumame. Have you heard Shekwai Sumame before? The person is traveling, go and see the, the man of God. Man of God is the travel, should I go? As well, the man of God is God. He's not God. He cannot see everybody's travel. Can you Wait, there are more than 3,000 people in this church. If I'm seeing everybody's traveling. Hey! When will I travel? <laughs> eh? 
Yeah. So there are those who believe that. So you marry someone like that, you believe in as many as are led by the Holy Spirit, they are the sons of God. So you believe in fellowship with the Spirit for direction in life, for guidance, for help. Because you know who the Holy Spirit is in your life. And you've been trained to fellowship with the Lord on a personal level. Now you're married to somebody who likes the pastor, the prophet and the pastor to be the, the guide and the director on every level, including what to wear, what to eat, which drink to drink and all of that. When to have sex. Hey. You are in the church. So you touch your wife, you say, we are, we are in a fasting mood. You and who are in a fasting mood? You and who? No, the Bible says that if you want to fast, that both of us should be in consent. Before, before we can fast. I'm not in consent. You, your church, every day we are doing 150 days. 150 days of fasting. 200 days of fasting. Hey. Seven years. I heard someone, they are doing seven years. I tell you. Seven years of fasting. What are we going to do? So even in the house of God, or even in the kingdom of God, you need to marry someone who has the same belief system, the same uh, uh, way of thinking as you do. You believe in soul winning. You believe that you must work for the Lord. Another person also believes that they just sit in the church here and then go. So when you are spending hours in the house of God, Sunday you have come, you are not going. 5 p.m. you are around. 6 p.m. you are around. What do you think will happen when you get to the house? Pop, 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 pop. Skidibi, pop, pop. Hey! He will slap you, you'll be surprised. Because you don't believe alike. Do you see what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. You, begin, you begin to have problems. But if you believe alike, 6 p.m. you are all in the house of God. You are all there. Everybody's working. We are all happy. Yeah, your children are around. They are running around, going up and down, doing whatever. It's normal. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, you bring food. Early in the morning, you cook everything. You bring the food to the house of God. Hey! You marry someone who does not believe in giving. He's a child of God, but he's not into fighting. He's not into offering. He's not into sowing. He's not into any of those things. The pastors, because he believes that the pastors are chopping the money. That's the doctrine he believes in. And you are married. Oh, pastor, he's so nice. <laughs> pastor, when he says I love you, eh, you don't know how I feel. I feel it. I feel it in my heart. Listen, all those who are divorced today were once in love. They were feeling it in their hearts. But yeah. Do you understand what I'm talking about? So you don't just move around. So you want to give. You want to give 10,000 cities to the Lord. 10 what? What, what are you doing? Oh, baby, I'm giving 10,000 to the Lord. Giving what? 10,000. Do you know what that money can do? Do you know what that money can do? You are giving it to God where? Where did you find God that you are giving him? Have you, has he told you that he wants your money? Has God told you that he wants your money? God does not use money. You, you are the one who needs the money. I saw someone on TV talking like that. A very famous person in this country. Yeah, he was criticizing. He says he's born again, but he was criticizing giving, fighting, and offerings. Yeah, strong. 
If you're married to such a person, you're in trouble. Yeah? He doesn't understand. If you're married to someone who does not believe in healing, or does not believe in this faith, whatever, hey. when your child is shaking, and they are taking the child to a hospital, and the hospital is not able to do much about it, and you say, let us hold hands and pray. Listen, let's leave the doctors to do what they are supposed to do. <laughs> Don't come and stress me with all this prayer, whatever. You say, let us wake up at dawn and pray. Baby, I feel like we should be praying. <laughs> it's your feeling, it's not my feeling. Hey. So, brothers and sisters, you must be wise. Tell anybody you must be wise. Don't just choose. If you think that your life in the Lord is outside your life. Eh? You know, some people treat the things of God or they, are, they, are, they treat Christianity as one of the things they do in life. It is not one of the things you do in life. You'll be surprised how integral that is in your life. You'll be shocked. Yes. It is not, it is not a part, an aspect of your life. It's not all. Christianity is your life. It's the life of God. We get the life of God. And that life is lived in our academics. It is lived in our marriages. It is lived in parenting. It is lived in our businesses. It is lived in every aspect of our lives. Please, do you understand? So it's one life lived everywhere. Okay? Yeah, one life. The life of God lived everywhere. And it includes marriage. It affects it. So you have to be smart. There are a lot of married people who want to get out. It's not a joke. Yeah. God wants you to be in agreement. God wants you to be in agreement with your spouse. If two of you shall agree concerning anything here on earth, it shall be done for them, isn't it? So if you don't have anybody to agree with, then you are in trouble. You will not have much happening. So the devil is interested in making sure you don't get somebody you can agree with. Are you seeing it? Yeah. So you have to be careful. Choose somebody who is in the kingdom of God, not someone who is outside the kingdom of God. And even in the kingdom of God, choose somebody who believes like you believe. And before you choose, you must pray. Tell anybody you must pray. Because it is not a normal eye service, eye something. What you are seeing today may not be what you will see, you'll be seeing tomorrow. I don't know if I told you the story about someone who is very close to me who has died. The wife saw him chatting with another lady. They were just chatting. The wife said, Hey, you are chatting with somebody. You are cheating on me. Hey, badja, 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 badja. The guy slapped her. Pah! And she said, Hey, you slapped me. They have four children together. Hey, you slapped me. You will see. I curse you with this river and with this stone. And with this whatever. And she made, she moved. You get it? She, she, she made the move. Yeah. And this, my friend, is dead now. Yeah, he's dead. He's dead. Leaving four children. They went to find out from some place who, what happened. When they went to find the person said that it's the wife. Go and find her. Go and ask the wife. When they went to ask the wife, the wife said, yes, I cursed him. And I moved. I did this and did that and did that. That is why he has died. Can you imagine? When this gentleman was marrying this lady, 
With this ring. With this ring. I do word. I do word. I give it as a token of my love. My, all my love. My sweet, emotional, pleasant, pleasurable, exciting, romantic, sexy love. Yeah. He didn't know that he was marrying his killer. He had no idea that he was marrying his killer. He no know. Tell anybody, he no know. So it is not a decision to make with your eyes. Hey, get on the new fumodu pa. Her breasts are very heavy. It's a size I like. Your your brain, eh? There's chocomelo inside. I tell you. Yeah. The girl, the hips, eh? You'll be mad that you are not seeing the hips anymore. You'll be shocked. Listen, ladies are like cars. Or like phones. Yeah. Do you like what I'm saying? I, don't like. I said they are like. I didn't say they are cars. I said they are like. So don't be offended, okay? They are like. Yeah. When you buy a new car or a new phone. Hey! Have you seen a new phone before? You wipe the screen in your shirt. You blow air on it. And then you wipe it. When it's falling down, you catch it in a certain way. You fall down for the phone, not to fall. After one year. <laughs> when the new series has come, you realize that other people's phones are nicer than your phone. And when you're moving around, you have a phone, but you'll be looking at other people's phone. Ah, Charlie, your phone, they be you. Your phone, they be you. Wow. Hey, what you get time for? Uh-huh. What be the specs? The camera four it is now four cameras. Yours is two. So you want the extra two. You can't go and put extra two on behind your camera. You want to change it. Are you seeing it? That is how marriage is. So if you marry with just physical looks, physical whatever, you'll be shocked that a lady whose bottoms, bottoms are flat, flatter than your wife's own, will be attractive to you. You'll be surprised. You'll be wondering, what is happening to me? Yeah. It's normal. If you like, let's ask the married people around. They will tell you. Hallelujah. So, brothers and sisters, it is something to pray about. Tell anybody, something to pray about. It's something to spend time. And don't say, I use, I've used one week, I've prayed about it. Father, you know. Do, and I know. So, do what you're supposed to. No, it's something to really pray about. To spend time praying about. Months praying about. And don't take a lady and take the, uh, uh, go, go and pray about that lady. Lord, if it is her, show me this. If it is not her, show me that. Just pray. Pray in chants concerning your marriage. Pray that the perfect will of God for your life will come to pass. Now, remember, it is, you can marry more than, you can, you can be married to more than this particular person. If your wife or your husband dies, you'll be surprised that you will remarry after some time. Is it not true? Haven't you seen people who have divorced and have remarried? Or haven't you seen people who have lost their spouses and have remarried? Yeah. So there's nothing like, this is their person. Do, do you understand? Uh-huh. There are a number of people you could be married to. Okay? So you must allow the Holy Spirit lead you where you're supposed to go by praying. Now, what prayer does is that prayer somehow has an influence on your emotions and gets your emotions to cool down so that you can make the decision God wants you to make. 
When Abraham sent his servant to go and find a wife, the servant prayed. Let me show it to you. Genesis chapter 24, from verse 10. And the servant took ten camels of the camels of his master and departed for all the goods of his master were in his hand. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia unto the city of Nahor. Next verse. And he made his camels to kneel down without the city by a well of water at the time of the evening. Even the time that women go out to draw water. Next verse. And he said, O Lord God of my master, I pray thee, send me good speed this day and show kindness unto my master Abraham. Have you seen it? Next verse. Behold, I stand here by the well of water and the daughters of the men of the city come out to draw water. And let it come to pass that the damsel to whom I shall say, let down thy pitcher, I pray thee, that I may drink. And she shall say, drink, and I will give thy camels drink also. Let the same be she that thou hast appointed for thy master, thy servant Isaac. And thereby, I, thereby shall I know that thou hast showed kindness unto my master. He prayed. Tell me, but he prayed. And what he prayed for is exactly what happened. Now, if you've noticed, he's using signs in his prayer. In the New Testament, it doesn't work like that. In the New Testament, we don't pray, Lord, if she's the one, let her wear a green dress to church today. Let her say hello when I say hello. Lord, if he's the one, let him buy me calipo this afternoon. You'll be surprised that they will buy the calipo. But the calip you mind the calipo boy, but then it will not be the right person for you. Eh? You need to spend time. Tell you, tell you, but you need to spend time. You need to spend time. It's not a decision to make in a rush. Because it's a lifetime decision. You can change your phone. You can change your car. But you can't change this lady. You can't change this gentleman. You can't. God says, I hate divorce. Don't think that divorce is normal because we're in the 21st century. It has not changed. Have you stopped breathing in the space Are we breathing through our ears now? Are we breathing through our stomachs? You just do this and then you are breathing. Is that what you are doing? Is it not 21st century? The 21st century doesn't change some things. Doesn't change some basic things. The word of God is basic. It is for us. And what he says is what works. Do you understand? Uh-huh. So you need to spend time. You need to spend time. You need to spend time praying. Speaking in the spirit, talking to the Lord, so that your heart will go where He wants it to go to. Okay, yes, your heart will go where He wants it to go to. Jacob did not pray when he got to Laban's house. As soon as he got there, he made a choice of Rachel. When he saw Rachel, the Bible says that he was moved. He was so moved that he began to cry. The beauty was too much. He was really moved. Because he didn't pray, all of his problems came. They deceived him. Leah came. Leah was given to him after seven years. Then he had to work another seven years for Rachel. And amazingly, Rachel had gods. Rachel was the one who had gods. She had plenty gods with her and taught her children idol worship. Yeah. 
There was a day uh, uh, Jacob took all the gods and buried them somewhere in order for them to go on the way God wanted them to go on. Wow. Yeah. So, you need to pray. I don't know how I should say it for you to understand. But you need to spend time praying. Lord, I don't want anybody who will kill me. I don't want anybody who will kill me physically, kill me emotionally, kill me, what, spiritually, psychologically, what else, financially. (laughs) Yeah, because you can marry somebody and that's the end of your finances because you've married a gambler. You marry somebody who gambles. All the money that comes, you go and spin one wheel. Thousand cities, one wheel a day. And a thousand will go. I was being told by a certain man who gambles 200,000 Ghana cities away every night. Yes, 200,000. It's not, I'm not telling you a story. You know the person, you know who I'm talking about. The one who said he knows him. Am I lying? Oh, it's very true. I'm not lying. You are not. So I'm not lying. 200,000 cities in a night. Spinning like this. One spin is, is it 2,000 or 3,000? Something, some huge amount. You want it to fall on seven. Then it's be going. Seven, 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 seven. If it falls on seven, you will get, I think, 20,000 or so. So 2,000 for 20,000. So you spin. Seven, 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 seven. Then it will go to one. Ah, ah, one. Let's spin again. In hope that you are going to get more. Yeah. So you have used five years to save 100,000. And then this guy gambles it away in one night. What do you think you will do? Some people have gambled their house, their houses away. There was a famous man in this country who died some years ago who was into gambling. He was a very rich businessman who was into gambling. He flew out of, uh, of Ghana, went to gamble in Las Vegas. And he gambled his houses, gambled his companies, gambled so many things away and lost everything. Yeah, only one of his businesses stayed. To the extent that he went into debt and it was too much for him, so he died. Yes. There are big men in this country who are into serious gambling. And they can gamble their homes away, gamble their companies, gamble all kinds of... What? They can gamble their wives away. Oh yeah, some people put their wives on. I tell you, it's an amazing thing. In some places, not in Ghana. Ghana, they have not, have not had any. But they are serious gamblers. So if you are into, you, you are getting involved with someone who is into gambling, you should know that he will kill you financially. What do you think about what I'm saying? Yeah. So Lord, I don't want anybody who come and give me problems. Emotional, psychological, if you go to the psych ward, there are a lot of ladies there. They are not there because of weed smoking or drugs. They are there. They will be mentioning people's names. Kofi. Hmm. Ah, Kofi. They will, mention, they will be mentioning names. Paul. Peter. Look at what you have done to me. I formed you. I mean, the guys there are there because of drugs. But most of the ladies, they are not there because of drugs. They are there because of emotional problems. Yeah. So you need to spend time. Anyone who will not help me, Lord, blind my eyes to the person. I don't want to even see the person. Don't let the person come into my life. Don't let a sexy, wicked guy come into my life. 
He says it, but he's wicked. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So, so don't just, it's something to pray about. Tell anybody something to pray about. You must pray about it. Speak in tongues. Hmm? Speak in tongues for days, for months, for years. Okay? Yeah. One day, Jesus was going to choose his disciples. Do you know what he did? The Bible says that he spent all night in prayer. All night in prayer, praying concerning who was going to be his disciple, his apostles. The top up. He spent all night in prayer. Then in the morning, he came and came to choose 12. And even after choosing the 12, one of them was going to be the betrayer. You, you are choosing a wife, you will not pray. You are choosing a husband for the rest of your life, you will not pray. You are using hip size, bottom size, breast size, height, weight. Brother, your journey is far. Okay, what? The breast will fall. The hips will vanish. I tell you, by the time your first and second born have participated with, with you in the breast, you realize that it is never the same again. So pray. Speak in tongues. Prayer brings influence. Okay, the one, what you pray for, you get closer to. The one you pray for, you get closer to. Or you have influence over do you understand? Yeah. If you are praying for something, if you are praying for the one that God, God, help me. Don't, I don't want to just get involved with something. Let's choose together. Let God be part of it. And I've showed you. Okay? Don't choose someone who is outside the kingdom of God, number one. Don't choose someone who is, who does not believe like you believe. And even after knowing that this person believes like I believe, you must pray. The next thing you should pray. Pray. Hey, ba ba ba, shadalaba. Hey, be de be. Watch and pray. <laughs> eh? If you believe that the Holy Spirit leads, then you should believe in prayer. You should know that as you pray, the Holy Spirit will lead you to make the right choice, to do the right thing. Hallelujah. But you see, in making a, a, a choice for a partner, People normally have a list. Number one, I want her to be a good Christian. But the question is, if you are half of the list that you are creating, your marriage will be very nice. If half of the list that you are writing for somebody to have before you say yes to, or before you propose to, if you have half of those qualities, your marriage will be very powerful. So in choosing a, a life partner, God is not so much interested in the other person as much as he's interested in you and how you are becoming over the years and over the months. Please, you understand? So how your single life is, how you live your single life is more important to God than what's the kind of person you are going to choose. Because if depending on what type of person you are, they say you attract what you are, isn't it? Yes, what you are is what you attract. 
if you are not correct, you attract somebody who is not correct. Your, your, your taste bars are not right. You attract somebody who is not right. So in marriage, marriage is the only institution in the, in the, in the world that gives you a certificate before you start. Have you noticed? Yeah. School is, a, we have universities. Universities are institutions. Schools are institutions. Now, before you enter the school, you are not given a certificate. You have to go through the courses, various courses. You do this one. If you're a science student, you do physics, you do chemistry, you do biology, you do integrated science, commerce, elective maths, all of those things. And then you write an exam. At the end of the exam, if you pass, whether you pass or not, they'll give you a certificate. But whatever certificate you get will show what you did during your stay in the institution, isn't it? Yeah. Government is an institution that is established by God. Okay? Yeah. But government... They are good governments. The government, government is not bad. Government is good. It's from God. But if the government will be good or bad, it's dependent on the people who are in there. Africa is suffering from bad leaders, isn't it? It's not, there's no problem with leadership or with government. It's the people in it that are causing the problem. Is it true? Yeah. So marriage is an institution from God. The Bible says marriage is honorable than, uh, than all. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 4. Let's look at it. Hebrews 13, 4. That is, a, is an expert counselor, so I'm, I'm having difficulty preaching even. I don't know what to even say. <laughs> Marriage is what? Is what? It's honorable in all. So there's nothing wrong with marriage. These days, people, have, people say, if you marry, that's the end. There's nothing wrong with marriage. The institution is fine. It's okay. It's the people who get into it that's become a problem. The kind of people who get into it. I define marriage as a beautiful, honorable, gracious, pleasurable, loving, exciting place created by God. A man needs to change to become a husband. And a woman needs to change to become a wife in order to enjoy that what is in there and fulfill the purposes of God for their lives. It's a nice thing. It's not some way. It is very nice. But how you enter makes all the, all the difference. The kind of person entering is the one, is what makes the difference. So how your single life is, makes all the difference. Please, you understand? So if you are entering, and you are entering with a certain mindset that you are going to take, you are going to take the sex, you are going to take the emotional support, you are going to take the financial support, you are going to take every single thing you can think about, you have trouble. Because it's not a place to take, it's a place to give. So if you're not ready to give, then you're not ready for marriage. So you are given a certificate before you start the marriage because it is assumed that you have, you're, you have lived a good single life and you are now ready to supply to another person. Not to take from another person. Hey. It is assumed that you are ready to commit. Because marriage is about commitment. Not when something happens, hey, I didn't marry for this. So you didn't marry for what did you marry for? You are ready to commit. You are ready to give. Commit. You are ready to communicate. Yeah. You are ready to compromise. Because marriage is all about compromise. Yeah. You don't do 50% and the person does 50%. You do 120. Even if the person is doing one, you do 120. You are ready to supply. So you are given the certificate. It is assumed that you have learned to supply. 
You have learned to give. You have learned to compromise. You have learned to... You know that it's a covenant that you cannot break. No matter what. It's assumed. So God is interested in raising you and training you in your single life to be able to supply as you're supposed to. To be able to give. You are going to give love. You are going to give joy. Not go and take. You are going to give joy. You are going to give love. You are going to give emotional support. You are going to give financial support. It's a, it's a giving thing. It's not a taking thing. It's a giving thing. It is more blessed to give than to receive. So how you live your single life makes all the difference. And there are things that if you look in, in, in the Bible, if you look from Genesis, there are things that God did for Adam or God was interested in for Adam before a woman came into his life. There's nothing wrong with marriage. Tell me about there's nothing wrong with marriage. <laughs> marriage is exciting. Marriage is good. Marriage is the best thing that can ever happen to you. Tell your neighbor, marriage is the best that can ever happen to you. Uh-huh. There's nothing wrong with the institution. There's nothing wrong. Is there something wrong with tech, KNUST? If a student goes there and fails, is it the, is it the school's fault? It's not the school's fault. It's not the school. The institution is fine. It's the student who is bad. Do you see? If you go to a hospital with, with a certain wild disease and you end up dying, sometimes cancer patients report, my wife is into cancer patients, so I know some of the things. I'm a cancer doctor by association. Hallelujah. Sometimes some people report very late. She was telling me about someone who came two years prior to uh, um, the, person, the person's passing. When, they, when the person came, they said, no, oh, this is what's going on, this is what's going on. So you need to come so that we can do this and that and that for you. And you'll be fine. The person, they, the person went away for two years and came after two years. When the person came after two years, the cancer had gone into the brain, into the lungs, into the plenty places. They couldn't do anything about it. He came late. So the person had to die. Is it the, doc- is it the doctor's fault? Is it the institution's fault? It's not the institution's fault. It is your fault. Hallelujah. So there's nothing, but there's nothing wrong with marriage. Oh, it's like you don't have a neighbor. There's nothing wrong with marriage. Uh-huh. The one who enters is the one who has a problem. So in Matthew chapter 19, look at Matthew chapter 19, let's read from verse 1. We'll see something very nice there. Matthew 19 from verse 1. It says, And it came to pass that when Jesus had finished these sayings, he departed from Galilee and came on into the coast of Judea, beyond Jordan. And great multitudes followed him. And he healed them there. Next verse. The Pharisees also came unto him, tempting him and saying unto him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? So they were talking about putting your wife away for every cause, for the slightest thing you can think about. In the book of Micah, God talks about how that he hates marriage. By this time, you could put your wife away for every cause. So we were asking Jesus, is this okay? If I come home, my wife, I wanted to eat banco and my wife has cooked fried rice. Can I divorce her? If I wanted to uh, have sex with her in the night and I came back and she was in the menses, can I suck her? That was the kind of question they were asking. 
They had degenerated completely. It had become a very interesting, wild time. People were just divorcing for anything. They were asking, can I, can I put it away for every cause? For every cause. Now look at Jesus' answer. And he answered and said unto them, Have you not read that he, he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? Next verse. And said, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother and shall cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. Next verse. Wherefore they are no more twain, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man put asunder. So he says that you are not supposed to. There's no room for divorce. And they ask more questions, but not today. There's no room for that. Now he shows them the reason why people will have problems in their marriage. Look, go back to verse 3. Verse 4. Jesus answered them and said unto them, he, Have you not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? He didn't say made them husband and wife. Have you seen it? He said he made them what? Male and female. Meaning that the answer to a good marriage is in how you live your life as a male and how you live your life as a female. Not husband and wife. How you live your life as a single individual makes all the difference. That is where the challenge is. So if as a single person, you have not satisfied your questions of loneliness. Hmm? Adam was not lonely. Adam was alone. He was not lonely. He was alone about what he was doing. He was not lonely in life. But if you are going into marriage as a lonely person to receive uh, satisfaction, from your wife or from your husband. There are wives who don't want their husbands to leave the house. If their husband is working, they will say, why are you working too much? Why are you not coming home early? Meanwhile, he has not gone anywhere. He's, he's coming back from work. You should understand that we are working. If we don't work, we can't eat, isn't it? He's doing his best. If he has time, he will make time for you and then we'll sit down and then we'll do what you're supposed to do. No, be so. Uh -huh. But there are some women who are. You didn't call me. At, at 3 p.m. You're supposed to be calling me at 3 p.m. You didn't call me at 3 p.m. At 3 p.m. my boss was with me. Should I call you whilst my boss is there? Do you, do you understand what I'm talking about? Petty, petty, little, little things that are not supposed to be a problem become a problem because somebody has not satisfied the questions of loneliness which can only be answered by God and not by any other individual. Nobody can satisfy the question of loneliness in people's lives. It's not possible. Only God can do that. So the first thing God did for Adam was to help him have spiritual independence with him. Okay? So let's look at Adam's life before he got married. So that you see how your life as a, as a single person is supposed to be before you get married. If these things are not in check, you should know that you are not yet ready to marry. When I say spiritual independence, I'm talking about God giving him his presence. The first thing God gave to him was his presence. Okay, so let's read Genesis chapter 2. Let's read from verse 8. Because remember, you are going to supply. Isn't it? Tell him, I'm going to supply. Never enter marriage. Tell him, never enter marriage with the mindset that you are going to take. Yeah, if, if a man enters marriage with a man like he's going to take sex from the woman, you end up raping your wife all the time. 
Yeah, because women are not like men. We are like gas stoves. Boom. We are we are on. I tell you. But a woman is like an electric stove. When you have you used an electric stove in the university before? Yeah, university are not supposed to bring gas. Burner. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Electric stove, burner. You plug it, you have to wait till eternity for it to come to become hot for your stew to start boiling. If you are hungry, forget it. That's how women are, sexually speaking. You can't just it doesn't work like that. You need to take your time and do some one or two things. Three or four things. Five, four, six things. In order for her to get to a certain point, then you can become you can come where you're supposed to come to. Yeah. So if you are going in to go and take, whether she's ready for you or not, we are taking. It's time, my friend. I'm 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 in the mood. I'm in the mood. You become a rapist, an official rapist in your marriage. If you if you go into marriage with the mindset that you're going to take, when your wife is even tired and she, she may not be able to cook, you will not want to enter the kitchen and cut some onions and cut some tomatoes. And, and do something so that both of you will, will be able to enjoy. You both come from work, you are all tired, and you will let your wife go to the kitchen and you'll be sitting in the hall watching TV, watching series. You came to take, you didn't come to game. So your wife will be under emotional stress, eh? Uh, house chores stress, because house chores is not a joke, it's very stressful. You should be a husband who is into washing bowls, a husband who is into chopping okra. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, the ladies are clapping. <laughs> Hallelujah! If you go to take, you are in trouble. You cause plenty of confusion. You destroy the marriage with your own hands. Yeah. If you ask who's going to you, you, cleaning bathroom will be a problem. I've scrapped bathroom more than once. So many times. I've cooked more than once. So many times. Oh, yeah. If you can do it, do it. Why not? I mean, I know how to drive Banku very well. I'm a Banku driver. Yes. Drive it for you right now. Everything is fine. Yeah. You can't say. Yeah. This is my son that is moving around. I've bathed him so many times. Sometimes I come from, we have come from uh, church. We are all tired. She's tired. She has to go to work the following morning. I shouldn't let her go and prepare, do this. Uh, no, no, she should go and sleep. I'm here. Me, I'm, I'm the man. I'm stronger. Yeah, I'll, I'll do one or two things. Hey, yeah. Magic, magic, magic. Yeah, so you have to have the right mindset or else you, you, you become a problem. Okay? So, one of the key things to supply is the presence of God in your own family, in your own house. And God is committed to giving you, making sure you have his presence in a special way before you enter marriage. So in Genesis chapter 2 verse 8, it says, And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in, in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. He put him in Eden. The word Eden means the presence of God. Presence. It also means pleasure. Okay? Or pleasures. Hallelujah. That was the first thing God did for him. He put him in the garden. He put him in his presence. So if you are going to marry, find out if you are 
find out about your location first. And if you want to choose somebody, find out about the person's location first. Does the person have the presence of God? Does he know the Lord for himself? Does he have a teachable spirit? Does he respond to God's word? Do you get it? And that's, that, that was some of the things we were saying over there. Hallelujah. It means presence. Say presence. And it means pleasures. Okay? The Bible says that, Thou shalt, sh- thou shalt show me the path of life. Eh? Eh, Psalm 16, verse 11. Let's look at it. In thy presence, there's fullness of joy. At thy right hand, there are pleasures forever. Thou shalt, thou will show me the path of life. Then it says, in thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. So the presence of God brings you pleasures. And brings you goodness. And brings you joy. So the only thing that can satisfy you as an individual is the presence of God. No human being can actually make you happy. No human being, tell me about no human being, can actually make you happy. Is it true? Yeah. Most of the time, our husbands and our wives, they don't understand what really, you can't even explain it. You, now, you don't even know what makes you happy. Yeah. There are different phases of life. And as you go, you realize that there are some things that you're, you need a certain kind of satisfaction. And only God can give it. No human being can give it. So as a single person, you must start getting to know the Lord for yourself and start getting the presence of God for yourself. That brings satisfaction for you. Because remember, you are going to give. So if you are going to give, then you should be satisfied. So that you can give as you're supposed to. Please, you understand? Yeah. Say the presence of God. Say it again, the presence of God. Yeah. So find out. If you are choosing... Find out. Is a person really? And you don't, you don't drag somebody into the presence of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? You're a lady. This gentleman does not like God much. But because you are interested in him, and you want him to marry you, or he has proposed to you, you want to bring him to the house of God by force, you start telling him things like, if you don't join my church, I will not marry you. He will join your church and he will marry you and you will see what he really is. He can pretend. People can pretend. I've seen some before. I've seen someone pretend to marry somebody. He didn't really love God. But because the lady said, if you are not in my church, I will not marry you. He also changed and came. He was around. He was around. When they got married, three months later, he started showing himself. Yeah. Started showing his true colors. So you don't drag somebody into the presence of God. The person must have it for himself. And you must also have it for yourself. Please, you understand? Yeah. If that is not there, know that you are not ready to give to somebody. Because you are actually going to supply the presence of God to somebody as well. You are going to supply that to somebody. You are going to help somebody to become what God has designed for him to become. That's one of the purposes of marriage. Okay? One of the purposes of marriage is to help the other person become what God has designed for the person to become. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What it means is that you must know what you are supposed to be as well. Eh? If you read in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 33 to verse 34, 1 Corinthians 7, 33 to 34. 
He says, but he that is married care for the things that are in the world, how he may please his wife. He says, the one who is married cares for the things that be of the world, how he may please his wife. Next verse, verse 34. There's a difference also between a wife and a virgin or someone who is not married. The unmarried woman careth for the things of the Lord. He says, if you are not married, it is assumed. <laughs> it's actually not supposed to be an assumption. This is what he knows it's supposed to be for your life as a single person. Eh? Chantel, you are single, right? So he says, you that is not married, my wife who is married cares for the things that are, in the, are of the world. She has to take care of me and my needs. She may not be able to pray much because of me. She may not be able to fast because of me. You are, you know. If she's fasting and I'm not, I'm not in consent, it's like it's not going to work. But you, you can fast. Hey! For this. You can pray for this. He says, the almighty woman care for the things of the Lord that she may be holy both in body and in spirit. But she that is married care for the things of the world, how she may please her husband. So if you are not married, it says that you will be holy in body. You see, you can't even respond to what I'm saying because holy in body, no. The holy in body is like, oh, it's not, it's not part of it. God is expecting you to be holy in body. Yeah. That, that he said something some time ago. He said that God said, leave, cleave, and become one flesh. But now we have it the other way around. People are one flesh. <laughs> Do you know what makes you one flesh? Sex is what makes you one flesh. So people start from one flesh. You have, you have a problem. God is expecting you as a single person to be holy in body and holy in spirit. Meaning that he's expecting you to engage him some more now that you are single. Do you get it? Uh-huh. Because in his mind, in the mind of God, marriage will prevent you from doing something. So if you go down, he talks about how that the one who is, who is married should behave as though he's not married. Because the time is short. He talks about all those things. So he, he wants you to fellowship with him. He wants you to get to know him. The more you get to know him, the more secure you become as a human being. The more confident you become as a human being. David was not afraid of Goliath because he knew he had the presence of God. He was not afraid of the challenges that will come. If you don't have the presence of God, you are afraid of many things. You are in fear all the time. And fear causes torment. And the other person will have to always sort you out. You use your fear to even affect the person. You are afraid that you can't have a child. Why? Because you don't know, the, you don't know God for yourself. You don't know what God has said to you concerning children. Because when you are single, you didn't spend time with the Lord to show you your children. And to show you what God wants you to have. So he wants you to spend time. Tell anybody, spend time with the Lord. Do quiet time. You see, if you are not into quiet time, you realize that every morning when you wake up, you, are, you, 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 are, you, don't, you don't read anything. As a married person, to become worse. Because it's in that they can wake you up at two. One of our ladies got married. And when she got married, after about one week, around 2 a.m., the husband was passing their hand around her. And she said, hey, who is that? And the husband said, who is what? Are you have forgotten that you are married? She had forgotten that she was married. At 2 a.m., they were waking her up for sex. And she, she was like, who is that? Hey! So marriage will give you more reason not to do quiet time. Because of some things that can happen in the night. 
So if you are not into that now, you will not be, and your life will deteriorate as a Christian over the years. And the farther away you get from God, the farther away you get from each other. They call it the marriage triangle. Two are better than one, but the three-foot cord is not easily broken. You are here, your wife is here, God is here. It forms a triangle. The farther away you go from God, the farther away you go from each other. The closer you get to God, the closer you get to each other. So God is very important and he wants you to have proper fellowship with him before you say yes to somebody or before you choose somebody. If your fellowship life is not correct with God, know that you are not in a place to choose and know that you are not in a place to supply anything to anybody. You now, you need help. And you would want, you become a burden on your husband or a burden on your wife. That's not what, what God wants for you. Hallelujah. If you read in Genesis chapter 2, from verse 11, you will see what Eden, the things that Eden, there was a river in Eden, okay, that parted into four rivers. It says the name, go, go for, let's read from verse 10. And a river went out of Eden to water the garden. Now, what is Eden? Eden is the presence of God, right? It says there's a river that issues from the presence of God. And that river parts into four, and from this it was parted and became into four heads. He says the name of the first is Pison. So the more you fellowship with the Lord, the presence of the Lord produces a river. It causes you to supply something, both for yourself and also for the one you are going to marry. Okay? Are you seeing it? The first river is what? Pison. Say Pison. And Pison means free-flowing. Okay? Free-flowing. Hallelujah. He says the name of the first is Pison. That is it which compassed the whole land of Havila. That it says where there's gold. Havila means to cause to grow. To cause to what? To grow. So if you allow the presence of God to envelope you, you will be able to produce this river for your own self and for the one who is coming into your life. Your presence in the person's life will cause the person to grow. You will not be selfish. You know the husbands who don't want their wives to progress. When the wife says, there's a marriage I know that has divorced because the wife wanted to be, do her master's. Yeah, the wife wanted to do her master's. And the husband said no. And it became a problem. Even today as I'm talking to you, the, their son is having a challenge because of their divorce. And today, today there's a meeting on, his, on their son right now as I'm talking to you. There's a meeting happening right now. Yeah. I want to do my master's. No. I want to sell uh, some tie and dye. I want to be into tie and dye business. No. Stay home. Hey. Like whatever will bring progress you don't like. Because you don't, you, you don't have the parents of God, so you are some way. You are not satisfied. So you can't, you can't help somebody be satisfied. You, you don't know how to help the person. A wife is supposed to be a helpmate. But if there is no peace on flowing out of your life, free flowing, you are free, you can flow, you can be happy. You are full of joy. Eh? Yeah. You can bring growth and prosperity into another person's life. For your own life and into another person's life. Are you seeing it? He says everything grows because of the Lord's presence. The name of the first is Pison, that is it which compasses the whole land of Avila, where there is gold. Next verse. 
and the gold of that land is good. There is delium and the onyx stone. If you read in Revelation chapter 22 from verse 1, you see that these stones are also found in the New Jerusalem. Hallelujah. Meaning that the presence of God in your life will help you bring heaven into your relationship and heaven into your marriage. Because of your presence, gold will come, delium will come, pearls will come, nice things will come into the marriage. You are not in there to take, you are in there to give, you are in there to bless, you are in there to change lives. Your children will bless because of you. There are fathers who will slap their children because they, are, they don't have the presence of God. The Bible says, do not provoke. Fathers, do not provoke your children. Eh? Yeah. You, you know your fathers and you know, you, know, you know your mothers. Don't you know? Yeah. Some of them are not. They, you, you wonder what is going on. And how they, are, they treated you in a certain way when you were growing up. There was, not, there was no love in a certain way. You wonder, you wonder whether you were, you were adopted or something. Yeah. Because of the lack of the presence of God. They can't supply goodness. They can't supply heaven. They can't supply grace. They don't know how to forgive. If you are marrying, you are going to supply something called forgiveness. It's a part of marriage. Yeah. When they slap you, you don't slap back. You hug and say, I love you. Yes. So if as a single person, when they slap you, start, hey, I'm an abomasuna. If that's what this is like, then you should know that. You are not ready. What do you think about what I'm saying? Yeah. You are going to supply forgiveness, mercy, grace. But the presence of God in your life will bring all these things into your life and hence you can also supply to others. Is it a powerful thing? Then the next verse, verse, verse 13 says, And the name of the second river is Gihon. The same as it that compassed the whole land of Ethiopia. Gihon means bursting forth of fullness of waters. Okay? Bursting forth of fullness of waters. Or abundance. And it says it floweth. It goes, it compasses the whole of Ethiopia. Go back. It compasses the whole of Ethiopia. Ethiopia means that which is unchangeable. Jeremiah chapter 13 verse 23. Look at Jeremiah 13 23. It says, can the Ethiopian change his skin? Or the leopard his spots? Then may he may he also do good that are accustomed to do evil. Have you seen it? So an Ethiopian is an Ethiopian cannot change his skin. When when you talk about Ethiopia, he's talking about that which is unchangeable. Sometimes you have character that is unchangeable, attitudes that are unchangeable. But the presence of God will change you. It's only the presence of God that can change you. Sometimes you say, Oh, I mean this is my temperament. You are lying, it is not your temperament. The Holy Ghost, if you allow the Holy Ghost to stay in your life, if you allow if you allow your fellowship life with the Lord to grow, it will change your life forever. You become more loving, you become kinder. Eh? So even that which cannot be changed, he says a leopard cannot change his spots. Leopards cannot change their spots. That which is unchangeable will change if you allow the river to flow into your life. The river of the presence of God to flow into your life. And it will, it will end up changing what seems to be unchangeable in your marriage. Yeah. When you marry, it's almost as though your husband does not hear you and your wife does not hear you. It's like things cannot change. But the presence of God will change things. If you allow yourself to get closer to the Lord. It's, it's, it's all a choice. Do you know it's a choice? It's a cho- Reading your Bible is a choice. Reading your Bible is a choice. If you allow Facebook to take over your life, you are in trouble. You allow Instagram to take over your life, 
Nothing in your life will change. Those things do not change anybody. Only the word of God changes people. So engage in the word of God. That's what God is expecting from you. Engage in his word. And it will end up changing you. Changing all that seems to be unchangeable in your life. And change even what will happen in your marriage. To the glory of God. Hallelujah. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app, plug in and enjoy God's word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless you.